Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Good News, Bad News, More News uh, Sports. Today, I'm alone. Ryan is not here. He has a fever and cannot make it to the studio. So you got the Ryan episode a few episodes ago. Now it's the Finn episode. Welcome on. We've got a packed 50 minutes for you. Go through some fantasy football news. Trade deadline just ended. I'll go through some of the crazy trades that I made in my league. Um, Waivers, starts of the week. We got it all. Let's get right into it. Let's go through a recap of our last week. Starting with some scores. Some interesting games last week. Sorry, I don't have Ryan to play off of right now. We had the Seahawks, 13 points against the 49ers. Seahawks and Lions both lost. It was not a good week for Ryan and I. Um, Lions lost to the Packers, 29 to 22. I didn't watch that game. I can't really comment on it. I did watch the Seahawks 49ers game and the Seahawks are just not there. They're not um in the echelon that I think they think they are, that they should be. They are not at that title contention, that playoff contention level. And that's just the reality of it right now. They need to improve in many different spots in the roster. Um, And also, they just need to play better because I think that the talent is there for the Seahawks. The talent is there to be a contending team, to be a title contention team. If not that, then a deep playoff run team, right? And they just aren't that right now they just aren't that and this game was really showing why they are not there yet some big performances from that game Christian McCaffrey had 28 points half PPR just a Christian McCaffrey performance Debo Samuel had a bit of a get right game 18.9 fantasy points half PPR Brandon Ayuk two for 40 50 yards and a touchdown didn't kill you all the Seahawks receivers had bad had bad days Zach Charbonnet in his game taking over for Kenneth Walker. Gave you about eight points. Nothing to scoff at, but also not great. Didn't win you your week. Next, we got the shellacking. The Cowboys shellacked the Commanders on Thanksgiving, I believe. And, man, it was just not close at all in this game. 45-10, to the Cowboys win. Tony Pollard has another great game. So finally, we've got two good Tony Pollard games in a row, 16 points and 19 points. Maybe this is a trend. We'll see. Tony Pollard's schedule moving forward is not too bad for a running back. So we'll see. Maybe he can capitalize on that. Dak Prescott, huge game. CeeDee Lamb, huge game. Brandon Cooks, big game. It's kind of been the norm. CeeDee Lamb and Dak Prescott going forward have an amazing schedule for their respective positions. So 
Congrats if you have either of them. Curtis Samuel, 12 targets in this game. More than Terry McLaurin, who had 11. And Jahan Dotson with 6. So 12 targets, 9 catches for 100 yards with Curtis Samuel. That is not what we were expecting, I imagine. And I don't know if that maybe had something to do with the lopsided outcome. Sam Howell got you 18.3 points. He's going to throw the ball a lot, and that's what happened. And this is the outcome. You still have a fantasy-relevant receiver. All the fantasy-relevant wide receivers and running backs had a solid floor because of Sam Howell throwing the ball so much. Enough of that game. We'll breeze through some of these other games. Steelers and Bengals. Steelers won 16-10. Jake Browning started for the for the Bengals. Didn't do too bad. Threw a touchdown over 200 yards. Had an interception. Really did not play that much worse than Kenny Pickett. Uh, Najee Harris had a big game. Jamar Chase, only six targets. Uh, we'll go into some of that later. Deontay Johnson had eight targets, 50 yards, seven half PPR points. But the real story here is Pat Fryermuth with 11 targets, nine catches, excuse me, and 120 yards. For a tight end, that is great. He might be out there on the waiver wire. If any of you are listening to this live or your waiver wire runs late, like Ryan's League does for some reason, then Pat Fryermuth is your guy if you want a solid tight end. We know this is what Pat Fryermuth does. Um... So look that way. Next, we got another good game, Texans. Texans always seem to find themselves in good games. Lost to the Jaguars, division rivals. Both QBs put up very good fantasy performances. Nico Collins and Tank Dell both had great days. Nico Collins kind of showing that he's still a part of this team. Tank Dell also had a great had a great game. Calvin Ridley and Christian Kirk both had pretty good days. Calvin Ridley with less targets, but had the touchdown and the two-point conversion, so about 20 half PPR, whereas Christian Kirk did not have those scores, so 10.9. Both of them had 89 yards. Travis Etienne had kind of a down game. Devin Singletary had a pretty good game. With Damian Pierce back, they split carries. Devin Singletary had one more carry with six, and Damian Pierce with five. But the real story here is Devin Singletary gets seven targets for 54 yards, six catches. That is where his standalone fantasy value comes from because he is going to be sharing this backfield with Damian Pierce. We got Broncos beating the Browns. It's just kind of hell over there for the Browns with uh, Amari Cooper only getting six targets, got knocked in the ribs. That didn't look good, 2.6 fantasy points. Jerome Ford had a good day, efficient running, got a bunch of targets, only turned into 9.9 fantasy points, a little bit disappointing there. Samaje Pirine was the back in this game to have a big day with a touchdown, but Javante Williams had good work, poor efficiency, so you hate to see that, but 18 carries, six targets, that's what you want from Javante going forward. Not much else to say about this game. David Njoku keeps on getting those targets. Bears-Vikings, horrible game. Horrible, just painful to watch. DJ Moore is the guy, the wide receiver on this 
Bears team. You don't care about anybody else. Rashawn Johnson looks like he might be taking over the backfield from Khalil Herbert. That's something to monitor. TJ Hawkinson, good game saved by that touchdown. Jordan Addison, 10 targets. We'll see what happens when Justin Jefferson comes back. Alexander Madison is still the lead in the Vikings' backfield. Ravens, Chargers, man, Herbert just cannot catch a break. Keenan Allen got targeted 16 times, 14 catches. This is just what we look at with Keenan Allen. It doesn't really matter what the matchup is because the ball is going to be thrown to him so many times, so many times that he's going to get fantasy points. His floor is so high just because when you get targeted 16 times, your quarterback is Justin Herbert, and you're Keenan Allen, there's really nothing that can go wrong there. So if you've got Keenan Allen like I do, we're riding this to the moon. There's a reason he's with wide receiver two and half PPR. Zay Flowers, big game, but only really because of the touchdowns. He had eight targets, but only five catches for 25 yards. So the two touchdowns really saved his day. Don't be fooled by the inflated touchdown production here because he still is kind of only getting these like short yardage targets. It's a weird situation uh, with the Ravens wide receivers. Isaiah Likely taking over for Mark Andrews. Looking good. Six targets. Four catches, 40 yards. That's great for a fill-in, especially if you picked him up to replace Mark Andrews. Keaton Mitchell, here's the story, is he seems to be overtaking Gus Edwards. He had a great day on the ground, nine carries for 64 yards, two catches and 25 yards. Gus Edwards only eight carries for 26. Pretty poor efficiency. Keaton Mitchell looks like he might be the guy moving forward. It's a really a three-way split backfield right now. Justice Hill also got five carries for 31 yards. That's about six yards per carry. So Gus really got the poor efficiency in this matchup. But Keaton Mitchell's the one to watch. Gus Edwards, you've been riding a high. If you've had him for the past few weeks, he has touchdowns every week. Um, we'll see what happens. I'm sure he's still got that crazy touchdown upside, but... These numbers are just not very sustainable. You're looking at five games with touchdowns and then one with three touchdowns, one with two touchdowns, and one with another one with two touchdowns. Just like super inflated fantasy scoring. I don't know if they can continue at that pace, especially when he gets less opportunities. Austin Eckler had a pretty poor game there as well. Some more games. Bills-Eagles absolute shootout. In six-point passing touchdown leagues, both Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts went for over 40 fantasy points. Just some ridiculous stuff. Both of the top two wide receivers on respective teams came away with a lot of fantasy points. Just an absolute shootout. Great for fantasy. You love to see it. DeAndre Swift, unfortunately, was kind of left out of this explosion. Had a good game on the ground, but didn't score, didn't really get any work in the passing, kind of held him back there, only nine fantasy points. James Cook had a pretty good game with 13. Chiefs beat the Raiders. Just kind of, you know, held back a bit. Jacoby Myers had a good game. Devontae Adams had a 
uh, okay game. The real story here, there's two here, is Isaiah Pacheco and Josh Jacobs both had huge games. Pacheco with two touchdowns, not the most efficient running game, but he had five catches, which is the exciting part. Um, he's involved in the passing game and doesn't really look like it's anyone else's backfield. It's Pacheco's backfield going forward. So his strength of schedule, rest of season, is great. If you have Pacheco, if you traded for him, you made the right call because this man might win people their fantasy championships. Josh Jacobs, we all know what Josh Jacobs does. He's gets a boatload of opportunities, and he just turned it into a good fantasy day for, for them. Rasheed Rice, here is the story of the game. Rasheed Rice, 10 targets, 8 catches, 170 yards, and a touchdown for 20.7 fantasy points, half PPR. This is the Rasheed Rice breakout game I think people were looking for since the beginning. He just kind of exploded, and we'll see if this is a trend that sticks because we haven't seen any other game like this, but we know that he's good. You know, we, we know his yards per route run metric is really good. So that's just taking the number of routes that you run and then your yards and dividing it by the routes that you run. Um, kind of shows how efficient a receiver is in an offense. He's great. And with this kind of volume, could be amazing. With Patrick Mahomes following, throwing him the ball, we'll see what happens. That's enough of that game. Some more games, the Rams and Cardinals. Matt Stafford, huge game. Rams really blew out the Cardinals in this one. Kyron Williams comes back. And in his first game back, he gets just an insane game. His last game was against the Cardinals, too. Really big game. This one's even bigger. 16 carries for 143 yards, and it gets better because six receptions, 61 yards, and two touchdowns. 35.4 points, half PPR. If you held on to him and you waited to see what you'd get at the other end, at the end of the rainbow, that pot of gold, Kyron Williams might be your league winner in the playoffs if you're there. I just traded for him, so I'm feeling great. Had him on my lineup for this week, won me my week. Whew. Royce Freeman also had a great day. Got a touchdown himself, 13 carries for 77 yards. None of the wide receivers really had a big day except Tutu Outwell um, with three catches for 76 yards. Puka Nakua had eight targets, but only turned that into tw four catches for 27 yards. Cooper Cup, man, what is going on with Cooper Cup? You got to think he's injured um, with this kind of poor fantasy performance. Just per poor performance in general, not even fantasy-wise for Cooper Cup, given what we've come to expect from him. Really disappointing. You hope it, he turns it around. We'll see. We'll see going forward. Marquise Brown had a nice bounce-back game with 12 targets. Trey McBride gave you more of what you've come to expect. Nine targets, seven receptions, 60 yards, 9.5 points, nothing to scoff at. Tyler Higby, five catches, 29 yards, two touchdowns. Don't pick up Tyler Higby on waiver wires. It's not worth it because he's not going to score two touchdowns again. He doesn't get to play the Cardinals again. They've already, the Rams have already played them twice. So 
don't go chasing Tyler Higby's touchdowns. Panthers, Titans, just not another awful game. Derrick Henry and Chuba Hubbard both had big games, but that's really all there is. We're getting into Derrick Henry season. Giants, Patriots, just awful quarterbacking from the Patriots in this one. Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi combined for less than 150 passing yards and three interceptions. Ramondre Stevenson had a great game, though, with 21 uh, rushing attempts, almost 100 rushing yards, a touchdown, five catches, only turned those catches into nine yards, but it's okay. It's okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. This is what you want to see from Ramondre. He's got a relatively easy schedule going forward. You're excited if this is what you're getting. DeMario Douglas had nine targets. You love to see that. Hopefully he isn't hurt. He got banged up on a play in this game. A pretty nasty hit. Buccaneers, Colts. The Colts win. Rashad White has a respectable game. 15 carries, 100 uh, yards, 22 Sorry, not 22. Two receptions for 10 yards, 12 fantasy points. You take it. Mike Evans keeps his hot streak going, just lighting it up. Two touchdowns. Michael Pittman, 13 targets, 10 receptions, 170 yards. Josh Downs, 13 targets as well. They throw the ball a lot in this offense. Jonathan Taylor, 15 carries, 91 yards, two touchdowns. Was seeding work to Zach Moss, and now it looks like uh, Jonathan Taylor is going to get surgery on his thumb so he's gonna hope he's hoping to return in two to three weeks we'll get into waivers in a second have we gone through every game saints falcons Bijan robinson had his big game drake london had an all right game 91 yards chris Olave had a great game for the first half and then he got knocked out of it Dolphins, Jets, Tyreek Hill gave you what you've come to expect. Raheem Mostert had a good game, two touchdowns. Garrett Wilson got 10 targets, 44 yards and a touchdown. It's just kind of Garrett Wilson things. Tim Boyle didn't look very good. Jalen Waddle had a good game. Seems like the only team that beats expectations when it comes to the defenses they're facing might be the Dolphins. They're kind of matchup proof. That's all the matchups from the week. I believe. Let's get into some waiver wire stuff, shall we? So, trade deadline has passed for most leagues. I'd be surprised if any of you are in leagues where it hasn't. And I hope you made some moves. I hope they worked out well for you. But you can't anymore. You can't. And I hope you're in a league with Fab makes it a lot more interesting but those are all the moves that you can make now down the stretch your team is your team you're not going to be able to make huge swingy changes and to a certain extent you're limited now with what you can do you know if you have a running back who's really good let's say you have a tony pollard or a christian mccaffrey and you're looking good going into the playoffs, you can't trade for guys really anymore. You can't. You can't trade for guys. And so when when your star running back goes down, we're seeing this right now with Jonathan Taylor. If you have Jonathan Taylor gets injured, 
now you're left with zero. You're left with nothing unless you have Zach Moss. So the moral of the story here is going into the playoffs, going into the fantasy playoffs, now more than ever it becomes important to roster the handcuff running backs, if you can, to the running backs that you own. So if you have Tony Pollard, you're rostering Rico Dowdle. If you have Christian McCaffrey, you're rostering Elijah Mitchell. Dearness Johnson is starting to emerge behind Travis Etienne. You're rostering him. And just go down the list. There's only a few that are really going to win you uh, weeks. And the three that I just mentioned, basically. Um, and then also Zach Moss behind Jonathan Taylor. And Jonathan Taylor set to miss two to three weeks. If Zach Moss isn't rostered in your league and you have fab left over or you have waiver priority, you have anything, drop everything and get Zach Moss because Zach Moss showed us what he can do with the full backfield at the beginning of this season. He was a top, he was a top 10, top five running back for the first few weeks. Without Jonathan Taylor there, Zach Moss is a beast. And this is what we're going to get for the next two to three weeks. We'll see when Jonathan Taylor comes back. And even when he comes back, it might be a split backfield again. We'll see. But for two to three weeks, first few weeks of the playoffs, Zach Moss is going to be the guy. And if you have Fab, this is the guy that you're getting. This is the guy. And if you don't have Fab, if you can't bid up on Zach Moss, you got to do what I do, which is speculate. Who is the handcuff running back in your league? As long as you have your own handcuffs, right? Who is the handcuff in your league that you can roster <clears throat> where if the starter goes down, you can put them in your lineup? Because not everyone is going to be able to be put into your lineup, Right. You have guys like, you know, Zamir White behind Josh Jacobs. You don't really know what would happen um, if he came to fill in that role or if it would be a split backfield. Pick up the Elijah Mitchells. Pick up the Dearness Johnsons. Pick up the, the other one that I was talking about earlier. Pick those Tony, the, the, the Rico Dowdles, you know. Pick up all these guys because they're the guys that, if something goes wrong, they could be a league-winning player, right? And you're not going to find that on the waiver wire if you don't have the fab. you got to speculate. If your team is good, and this is going in a little bit into waiver strategy, if you don't, if you're kind of scrapping your way through the, through the playoffs, through the regular season, the fantasy regular season, you need a spot start every once in a while, you know, maybe you can't really look at these guys. But if you're in the playoffs, if you're a good team, now is the time to put these guys on your roster. Drop those guys that you haven't started, that you're never going to put in your lineup. You know, I'm talking the, the, the wide receivers at the bottom of the depth chart, the Elijah Moores, um, man, the Hunter Henrys, if he's still even on a team, uh, all these players that you just aren't going to play, you know, take them out um, and and put in these handcuff running backs because I'm telling you, these are the guys that will hold the most value, the most potential value. 
So that is my waiver advice. If you're looking for other guys, if you need someone, you're looking at wide receivers. It's kind of a, it's kind of awful out there. I mean, in shallow leagues, if you can get uh, one of the Green Bay Packers wide receivers, you know, Jaden Reed, or if the Colts, if you have uh, the Colts uh, wide receiver, why am I blanking? Josh Downs just got 13 targets. If he's available, that's something worth looking at. Um, this At this point in the year, I hope you got your wide receivers earlier because there's not going to be a lot popping up on the waiver wire. That's why going forward in the future in your fantasy leagues, I always advocate for bidding up early. You know, drop all your fab on that guy who you're like, wow, this guy is playing amazing, you know. Drop all that fab on those Puka Nakua's, on those Jerome Fords, you know, on those Kyron Williams. Because those guys might win you your league. And those guys aren't going to be available when you have all your fab late in the season. You're sitting at 80. You're sitting at whatever late in the season. And your waivers are all dried up. It's You got to hit while the iron is hot. I don't know if I did that saying right. You got to strike while the iron is hot. Strike while something is hot. Don't get behind the eight ball on waivers. Tight ends. You want that safe floor. You've got Kate Otten. Uh, Isaiah Likely could still be out there. Um, others include... There's a man named Kraft, I believe, on the Packers. Uh, who's going to fill in at tight end. He's maybe worth a look in a deeper league. Uh, Not a lot going on there. In terms of quarterback streamers, I like Gardner Minshew this week, if you can pick him up. That's really the only guy I'd be looking at. Derek Carr is another possible option, but only if he has Chris Olave. Waivers are getting a little dry. Another thing that you can do just to eke out any possible fantasy value, go look at your kickers. I think a lot of people just put the same kicker in every week and forget about it. But I've been in games this year where the kicker, you know, gets me three points and I win by two, you know. And if I got zero for my kicker, I'm not winning that week. What you need to do, go look at your kickers, right? What is your kicker? doing on the year is he performing up to expectations i guarantee you on the scoring on the year there's going to be a kicker who's better than yours who maybe you just don't hear about because they're not a kicker people know about who has scored more fantasy points right there's going to be people available and there's also and this is even more important you got to look at the strength of schedule so how hard are the matchups in the coming weeks for your kicker, right? So I had Jason Sanders. His matchups are okay. They're not great going into the uh, fantasy playoffs. And even though he is a top kicker, drop him for Matt Gay, who has great matchups going into the fantasy playoffs. And, you know, I'm sitting happy because the difference isn't huge. But you got to eke out as much value as possible if you're trying to win that championship. All right. Starts 
and sits of the week. So in week 13, some interesting matchups to target. We got Lions Saints. If Chris Olave is playing, Derek Carr is the start of the week for me. Cardinals Steelers. Another interesting matchup here. I would start both Najee Harris and Jalen Warren against the Cardinals. We just saw what Kyron did against this, these, this Cardinals team. I think that there's a chance that Jalen Warren and Najee Harris both hit double-digit points. I would also start Deontay Johnson. I know he's been putting up stinkers. He's getting eight targets a week, though. Um, and we only have one game so far without Matt Canada. We still have yet to kind of figure out and see how this offense is going to shake out. There's a chance he's still a very big, integral part of it. So those are some starts there. Um, in terms of Colts-Titans, you're starting Josh Downs. You're starting Michael Pittman. Kind of a given. I would start Hopkins in this matchup as well. That's going to be another start of the week. And then let's go through some less exciting matchups. I'm going to say against the Browns, sit Cooper Cup. And that might come to bite me in the back because it's Cooper Cup. But, <clears throat> excuse me, the Browns are an awful matchup for every wide receiver, for running backs, for quarterbacks. Just an awful matchup. The Rams are going to be riding high because they just beat the Cardinals. The Cardinals suck. They're going to go against the Browns. They're going to get their ass kicked. I'm predicting it. I hope it happens at least. Cooper Cup is not going to have a good game. Chiefs-Packers is interesting. I would not... It's hard to sit Rashi Rice after that big game. I don't think he's going to match it in this game. I don't think he is. Am I saying sit him? I don't know. I would definitely sit Aaron Jones in this matchup. We also have a Dolphins-Commanders game. Just in terms of fantasy, Dolphins-Commanders is the perfect game because you have Tua, you have Sam Howell. They're both going to be slinging it. A-Chain and Moster, I would start both of them. I'm starting Brian Robinson. I'm starting Tyree Kill. I'm starting Jalen Waddell. I'm starting Terry McLaurin. I'm starting Curtis Samuel. I'm starting everybody in this matchup. Except Jahan Dotson, I might not start. Sorry, Jahan Dotson. This is a matchup you want to target. If you can, if you have players in this matchup, fire them up. Even Gibson, you can consider starting if you're really dying because of these buys. Start Sam Howell, start Tua. Xavier Howard isn't playing. Jalen Phillips isn't playing for the for the Dolphins defense. So Sam Howell's going to have a little bit less uh, pressure in his face and a little bit less uh, skill in the sec in the Dolphins secondary. So could be a huge game for Sam Howell. I just think this is going to be an absolute blast to watch. Complete shootout, lots of high-flying action. Really exciting stuff. 
it's also the last of the good matchups for the Dolphins wide receivers after this game. Or, sorry, excuse me, Tennessee after this game. So you got two great weeks for Dolphins wide receivers, and then you got three awful matchups. And it doesn't really matter for Tyreek Hill. He's matchup-proof. And I guess it doesn't matter for Jalen Waddle either against the Jets. They seem to carve them up. We'll see what happens, but it's just something to be wary of. Those are my starts and sits for this week, and we are 15 minutes early. Wow. 15. We got through so much together. I want to talk to you guys about the trades that I've been making because I'm really proud of this. I'm really proud of this. And Ryan's sick, so I haven't really gotten to talk to him about him. But I have been wheeling and motherfucking dealing in my main fantasy league, all right? There are only two players on my roster that I started the year that I drafted with, and those are Tony Pollard and Keenan Allen. Everybody else on my team is people I picked up or people I traded for, right? So let's start this off. The first trade, and we made this at the trade deadline. These are, the only, these are only trades I made at the trade deadline. We traded Chris Olave, Rashad White, Michael Wilson for Kyron Williams, Jamar Chase, and Royce Freeman. Huge win, huge win on that trade. Then, then, after that, flip Jamar Chase for Ramondre Stevenson, Amari Cooper, Brock Purdy, Sam Howell, some bad matchups coming up in the fantasy playoffs. So not super keen on starting him. Kind of want Brock Purdy to fill in instead. Flipped him for those three. And then I traded Drake London, Tajay Spears for Deontay Johnson, Roshan Johnson, the Johnsons. I think that I am a contender here. Let me read you out my team. Really excited about this one. We got Sam Howell, Brock Purdy um, as my quarterbacks. Only start one, but between those two, I think I'll have a good option every week. Tony Pollard, RB1. Kyron Williams, RB2. Tyreek Hill, wide receiver spot. Then we have Keenan Allen. So we have the, the top two wide receivers. Then we have Trey McBride at, at tight end, solid floor. Then we got Ramondre at uh, flex and Deontay Johnson at the second flex. And then Matt Gay and the Kansas City Chiefs defense. I'm feeling great. I'm, I feel like I'm sitting pretty. I feel like I can just ride this out into the sunset. We'll see what happens. Anything can happen in fantasy football. I also have Amari Cooper on my bench. Uh, so we'll see. I'm feeling really good about that. And that only took three minutes to talk about. We have so much more time. I talk really quick when it's just me and when Ryan isn't here. Let's talk some basketball, shall we? Let's talk some basketball. Because a lot is going on in the basketball world too, and we don't usually have time to talk about it unless we have a special guest. We got about 15 minutes here. I can, I can talk some hoops with you guys. The Celtics, 14-4, and four, best record in the NBA by my counting. 
looking unstoppable. And I think that what's interesting here is it's kind of a... The Milwaukee Bucks kind of created this monster in the Celtics, right? Because by... Obviously, the Celtics had already traded for Chris Stapp's Porzingis, but by the Milwaukee Bucks doing what they did in moving Drew Holiday in the trade for Damian Lillard and then the Celtics trading for Drew from the Blazers, they created this awful starting five. And when I say awful, I mean ridiculously good. With You got Derek White and Drew Holiday in the backcourt. You know, two great defenders. I mean, Drew is like an all-world defender, just like a real like difference maker. And Derek White is a really solid defender as well. In the backcourt, they are they kind of fill every gap. They're great. They're like the ultimate uh, glue guys. And that's not to say they aren't stars. Drew Holiday is one hundred percent a star, but they just fill in the gaps, right? They are, you know, Drew Holiday is going to get you rebounds. He's going to get you assists. He's going to pass. He's going to play make. He's going to play defense. He can get some shots up too. Derek White does it all great backcourt to have to start off and then we got of course at the forward positions we got Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum just a ridiculous four not to mention at the five is Chris Stapps Porzingis so in terms of just pure shooting great starting five right everybody on that court can shoot just shoot the leather off the ball you also have really solid defense between all of them. There's not really a single weak point. I guess you could maybe say Jalen Brown, but he's been a solid on-ball defender. Uh, Derek White, maybe. They all have individual weaknesses, but as a unit, great defense. It's just a really solid team. And so it looks the best of all the Celtics teams we've seen the past few years. I wouldn't be surprised if they go all the way at this time. But that's what we always say. The Bucks have kind of turned it around a little bit with Dame and Giannis. The interesting thing is that games where Dame and Giannis... Uh, sorry, let me rephrase that. When Dame and Giannis aren't on the court together, they are better. And when they are on the court together, they are worse. Interesting kind of... And when I say that, I just mean in plus-minus which to define plus minus for you guys out there, plus minus is when you're on the court, how many points are you scoring? What is the point differential while you're on the court? Compare, so, which is, you know, your, the points you're scoring minus uh, the points that your opponents are scoring. The T-Wolves are really interesting because they have an insane defense. And they are also 12-4, and four, so I was wrong. Uh, the Celtics might still be the number one, but the T-Wolves look insane as well. T-Wolves, Anthony Edwards looks like a bona fide superstar. Just, this man is fearless. He, he shoots a lot. He'll hit those big shots. He'll win you games. He'll, th like, throw down dunks. He's just what you want from your star, you know. He is, he's the energy. He's that, that, that fire starter. That, 
gets the team going. He's that spark plug. He's what you want. You got Mike Conley, of course. Great table setter. Great, just pure passer. Really good shooter as well. Um, takes a lot of threes. Good for spacing the floor. He had that game winner a couple uh, weeks ago against the Warriors, I believe. Rudy Gobert just back to his defensive form that we kind of missed out on last year. He had a little bit of a slump year, but we're back with the Rudy experience. Last night, I believe he had 17 points, 16 rebounds, four blocks. Just some ridiculous stuff from Rudy Gobert. This is who he is, and there's a reason that the Timberwolves have the best defense in the NBA by a wide margin, right? There's a, there's a reason, and that reason is Rudy Gobert. He is the anchor. He is the centerpiece, the fulcrum on which this team rotates. He's extremely important to this team's success. Um, but there's a lot of pieces that make this kind of work. You know, aside from Mike Conley, there's in the starting four when they're all healthy, which is Jaden McDaniels, Anthony Edwards, Rudy Gobert, Carl Anthony Towns. Just a huge lineup. You know, you have two centers out there, basically. Carl Anthony Towns is playing power forward right now, but that man is big enough to be a center. He's played center most of his life. So you have two centers. You have Jaden McDaniels, who's probably 6'8", 6'9", really long, hands everywhere. He's... A great defender, you know. Wouldn't be surprised if he makes a all NBA, uh, not all NBA, all defensive team. Anthony Edwards is a great on-ball defender. Gets a lot of steals. Very disruptive. Just a great defensive team. It's very fun to watch them do their thing. In other news, the Warriors keep slumping. Warriors are eight and nine. Steph Curry is averaging 30 points. He is going off. Warriors had a big game against the Kings. Klay Thompson had 20 points. It might have been the first time he's hit 20 points this season. Wiggins had 29. Some big games, but it was not enough to beat the 124 from the Kings. Warriors are kind of figuring out their identity right now. Um... It's interesting, Chris, uh, not Chris, sorry, Steph Curry, seems like nothing has changed. He is the same man. He is going to shoot ridiculous high percentages from three, and he is going to like be the anchor of your offense. But the issue is who else is going to score? Who else is going to shoot ridiculous numbers from the field, right? Because that's been the issue, right? Clay Thompson shooting pretty poor from the field. He's averaging 15 points per game, three rebounds, two assists, pretty low field goal percentage in 4.04. Not great stuff, really. We're looking at pretty bad uh, shooting performances um, when it comes to three-point shooting through most of the year. He's had a few really good ones, but 
He takes a lot, and he hasn't been re- very good at converting those this year. Um, he's the kind of guy that can get hot, and so I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. But we need some more shooting on this team. We need some more of that instant offense. And someone else needs to step up on the Warriors. Clay Thompson, he's aging, you know. Seth, uh, Steph Curry, he's getting older too. Steph Curry is 35. Clay is 33. You know, Draymond is 33 as well. Looney, 27. Wiggs is 28. This isn't a young starting five. Their youngest player is 27, Kevon Looney. This team is Chris Paul, who's 38. Gary Payton is 30. You know, you got young guys in Pachemski, Pachemski and Moody and Kaminga, but they're not developing um, to what you'd want, especially in the playoffs. And it's going to be interesting down the stretch for the Warriors. Do you trust them? Do you trust these young guys to play big minutes in the playoffs? We'll see. Because the formula for the Warriors, the year that they won two years ago, they had really solid role players around everyone. Guys that could drop, you know, 20 on you in a night. You had, got, you had Otto Porter Jr. I'm trying to remember. I remember Otto Porter Jr. They had, um, I mean, Jordan Poole had a really good run. Uh, in the playoffs that year, shot really hot, kind of fit in a bit better with the system. But the the point is they had a lot of really good guys surrounding the team, surrounding Curry and Draymond and Steph, and it worked, right? And they don't have that now, especially since Clay and, and Draymond are going to need more support now that they're getting older. Um We'll see. We'll see because, I mean, the Warriors usually figure it out. Other teams that have been interesting, you got the Magic. And now what I find really interesting about the Magic is that they don't really have players that are averaging a ton of points. I mean, you've got Paolo. Nobody's averaging over 20 points on the Magic, but they're 12-5. and Paolo's the closest to 20 with 19.8, almost 20 points. And Franz is behind him with 19.5. After that, you got a bunch of guys in the 12s, the 11s, the 15, Cole Anthony 15, Maritz, Wagner um, with 15, or sorry, 12, Jalen Suggs 12, Marco Fultz 11, and a bunch of guys in scoring in the single digits. But the reason that they're so good is because their defense has been really good. I mean, their guard room, there's not really a single guard in their guard room that isn't a good defender in some aspect of the game. Cole Anthony, great rebounder for a guard. Jalen Suggs just can guard anybody. He's 6'5", he's big. Uh, he can guard forwards. He can switch onto forwards. Just a very versatile defender. Markel Fultz has always been that kind of, he'll get you your steals, very active hands, solid defender. Anthony Black, another guy, 6'7", guard, just really long. And that's kind of one of the, the things here is that it's a very big team. 
got lots of like players like Wendell Carter Jr., who's been out. But Paolo is your starting power forward. Franz at your small forward. Paolo is 6'10". Franz is 6'10". You got two 6'10 guys, and you're, that's not even counting your center. At center, you got Maritz Wagner, 6'11". You got Gogo Patazze. Patazze. Goga Patazze, 6'11". I, I messed up that name so bad. I'm sorry. Wendell Carter, when he comes back, he's 6'10". This team is just huge. They just got big dudes out there. And they've been really good at stopping transition fast break offense, which is kind of their uh, their secret, I guess, to success. And you really saw that in their game against the Pacers because the Pacers are kind of the opposite. The Pacers are, in terms of what their offense is trying to do, they're trying to go so fast after a basket, after anything, that you don't have time to calibrate your defense to what they're doing. They just get into action after action, um, and you just don't really have time to set. You don't have time to think. Tyrese Halliburton is an amazing passer, just incredible passer, and just kind of the engine of the system, and their offense is insane, but they met the Magic, whose defense is built around stopping these fast-break opportunities, and they kind of floundered. So Magic, really exciting young team to kind of watch. And once, if Paolo and Franz start shooting better, they kind of have a little bit more offensive upside too. Well, we made it to 11.50 p.m. Thank you all for listening to the Finn solo episode. I know I talk a lot. Um, Hopefully there's something you took away from this episode where you're like, oh, I I didn't think about that. I didn't think about that. Um, We'll be back next week. Hopefully Ryan will be fine. Hopefully it's not the flu. Everyone send your well wishes to him. Uh, Hopefully this episode can get up um this tuesday evening we'll see thank you all for listening for tuning in on spotify shout out spotify shout out all our listeners across the world we're global thank you for tuning in we appreciate all of you ryan will be back next week get better soon this has been finn is fine signing off